welcome to another edition of Everyday Theology, where we take theological truths and we apply them to the everyday believer. I'm your host, Ben Campbell, and thank you so much for joining us once again. We are continuing the series on the pastor and his preparation, his study, and his delivery of the sermon. Today, we're going to be specifically talking about the study habits of the pastor. You see, the way a pastor studies really indicates the health of his spiritual life. And so it's vitally important for the pastor to pay close attention to these three areas of study that we're going to talk about today. One is his personal study. Two is his sermonic study. And then the third category is his intellectual study. So let's talk about the personal study of the pastor. You see, pastors are constantly interacting with the Bible through sermon preparation, pastoral counseling, pastoral visits and care, and other areas of ministry. And it may seem that their Bible study, their own personal Bible study, could be another task to complete. And pastors should guard against making such activities or such a discipline simply another addition to their work schedules. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones advises that pastors should do more then simply read the Bible to find passages of scriptures for sermons. A pastor with such engagement in scripture is in grave error and in danger spiritually. You see, this is not to claim that sermons cannot come from one's personal reading of scripture. Uh, the word of God can work in such a way that when you read scripture, you uh, the spirit reveals to you a sermon. But that the reading of the Bible should never be for the sole purpose of finding a text to preach. If a pastor is to be transformed into the image of Christ, it will be through a disciplined life of communion with God. Therefore, a pastor must discipline himself to take time for his own personal growth. And this personal growth is the way in which he fills his reservoir. A pastor cannot fill this reservoir unless he is taking the time to nourish himself with the word of God. Lloyd-Jones again advises pastors to safeguard their mornings so that they will not be distracted and they will not neglect to to prepare for the work in the pulpit. In his book, 10 Questions to Diagnose Your Spiritual Health, Donald Whitney offers a question that I believe all pastors should ask themselves on a weekly and maybe even a daily basis. And that question is this, do you thirst for God? You see, this is the most essential question for a pastor's personal Bible study, the questioning of thirsting for God. The the psalmist claims that God satisfies the longing soul in Psalm 107.9, but God does not satisfy the longing soul with something other than himself. He satisfies longing souls with the only true satisfaction, and that is himself. Thus, a pastor must constantly be thirsting for God to satisfy his longing soul. And that satisfaction is only achieved through personal Bible study. And yet another topic to make mention of here is the topic of the sermonic study for the pastor. And again, while this topic is not necessarily a major theme, I think it needs to be analyzed succinctly. You see, pastors can often find themselves in time crunches during the week, either from a neglect to discipline themselves for the task or from other pastoral duties taking precedence during a given week. However, the sermon or sermons they will preach on the upcoming Sunday should not be neglected. 
For far too often, pastors have resorted to an already-been-chewed sermon that's been preached before, or they will resort to simply not putting adequate amounts of time into studying. But there's another problem that can arise if pastors do not intentionally evade themselves from it, and that is preaching someone else's sermon. Scott Gibson says, A responsible preacher does the majority of his or her own work, possibly stimulated by various preaching resources, and prays to God for wisdom, guidance, and discernment. You see, this problem of preaching someone else's sermon entails more than the sin of stealing someone else's material, but it deals with the pastor's heart condition. A pastor who is consistently neglecting to preach his own sermons is one who consistently neglects his own personal holiness. In other words, unless a pastor is immersed in the Word of God, he's probably not preaching his own sermons. Therefore, the pastor must prioritize his content towards Scripture and then the use of other resources. Nevertheless, a pastor's sermon study could be considered a spiritual discipline because it is directly related to prayer when done biblically. According to Wesley Allen, uh, a typical Jew would honor an hour of study a day as an hour of prayer. In other words, an hour of sermon preparation could be considered the same as an hour of prayer because it is communing with God to proclaim His Word to His people. And this becomes a discipline because sermon preparation can often be neglected because of laziness or other priorities. But for a pastor to prepare well, he must study well for his sermons. And of course, this only results from a prepared soul to preach. And then lastly, the intellectual study of the pastor. Paul wrote to the Romans that we ought to transform ourselves into the image of Christ by renewing our mind. Jesus in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven added to the great commandment of the Old Testament to love the Lord your God with all of your mind. Therefore, the pastor must be constantly learning. And in order to correctly model what it means to follow Christ, the pastor must be a disciple. That is, he must devote his life to learning. And that can come from a number of different ways, and I'll just give you three. First, a pastor can learn by studying theology. Theology really must play a vital role in the soul care of the pastor. But it must also play a vital role in his preparation, for the Bible is theology. Martin Lloyd-Jones again advises those under his teaching to read theology until they die because being a theologian does not stop once you attain a degree. So in the grand scheme of pastoral ministry, you cannot adequately lead the Lord's church unless you have a theology of how the church is supposed to be led. Of course, not only is theology of the church necessary, but likewise is systematic theology, biblical theology, practical theology, etc., necessary for the pastor to shepherd his congregation. Second, a pastor can learn by reading Christian biographies. You see, biographies benefit the pastor in a couple of different ways. On the one hand, they allow the pastor to be well-read with the, quote, greats of the Christian faith. But on the other hand, it allows the pastor to interact with church history to a certain extent. Reading the biographies of Luther, Calvin, Edwards and others will afford the pastor the opportunity to establish and live the truth that history does really repeat itself, even in the church. But reading biographies also allows the pastor to keep up with the past. Piper notes, good biography 
is history and guards us against chronological snobbery, as C.S. Lewis calls it. And third, a pastor can learn by reading other genres. It's vitally important for pastors to read theology and biographies, but it's also important for pastors to read other genres of literature for personal enjoyment. Many pastors enjoy a good novel or even a science fiction work, but it is necessary for the pastor to give his mind a break and read something for personal delight. You see, our minds need rest in order to think clearly, and it is not a neglect to read something less dense for a period of time. However, even still, the learning process of any believer, but pastors in particular, can never truly come to a halt. It must be a constant. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Everyday Theology. If you would, hit like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app.